Hello. Welcome to EV Chat, the exciting new podcast and place to be. We get to e-meet and greet industry players and decision makers. We'll be asking and discussing some tough questions from drivers on the street to top CEOs from major EV organizations, entrepreneurs, legislators from all over the globe. Stick around. This is a different kind of show. Let's rock it. Hello and welcome to the second edition of ABCs of EVs. Today's episode is powered by 365 Pronto. Last show we did cover the ABCs. We went through those acronyms that we throw out all the time. Today we're going to continue that EV education by doing the same with some of the jargon that we encounter every day. As with the terms that we went over last week, we'll be digging deep into some of these things throughout the season. Be sure to bookmark or save these, even share them with your friends who are EV curious. Now today we are fortunate enough to welcome back our resident scientist, Dr. Abbas. Dr. Abbas Gudazi, I'm going to call him Doc, is the chief scientist at Ideanomics and the CEO of US Hybrid. He's an award-winning scientist who's got a big resume and the know-how to back it up. He literally wrote the book on this topic, really did. Now, he's going to be popping in from time to time, helping me out and sharing his wisdom. Today's show, we're going to be talking about amps, volts, watts, charging stations, connectors, chalamo, peak demand, off-peak, peak shaving, everything that you want to know about EVs. We're going to try and cover it in this show, so stick around. We're going to kick off the show with a bit of a science lesson. I'm going to ask the doc for this one. Amp, volt, watt. What do you say, doc? The way the charger works... EV at standard, you put a box on the wall on your garage. That box has intelligence in it. That box tells the vehicle how much power to pull from so it does not burn my garage. That's why they say, oh, I have a plug that is level two. That means 6.6 kilowatt. That means I'm drawing 30 amp. So when I install that charger box in my garage that I pull the cord from plug into my vehicle, that cord, that box tells the vehicle, oh, you can only draw 20 amp or 30 amp. So that is the intelligence already built into it. But what does it mean, amp or volt? Look at your house. You have a 110 plug, 110 volt plug that is used for common. But if you have a water heater, it's a 220. Because when you increase the voltage, the current drops. The power line you see on a common street is 12,000 volts, 64,000 volts. And they put a small transformer to step it down. That's why you see those transformers on a post or underground coming to you. Why? Because the size of the connector, the size of wires are smaller. So that's why when we look at the chargers, and I only plug into 110 volts, I should only draw 15 amp because if I draw 15 amp, that plug may trip 
But if I have 220, I'll draw 30 amp. And power is amp times volt. Very simple. So when I double the voltage from 110 to 220, and I double the current from 15 amp to 30 amp, I have four times the power. So 220 times 30 volt is 6.6 kilowatt. Very simple. Then I go ahead and put an 80 amp breaker. Now the size of that breaker is not standard. It's no longer what you can buy from Home Depot. That box is a little bit more expensive, but more intelligent. So power is the multiplication of current times voltage. And if you need to increase the power, the best is to increase the voltage and current together. And then if you look at the Tesla fast chargers, there are 480 volts supplied to them. And that's why the size of the box is so small, because it has a higher voltage. Then you can push 100 kilowatt or 50 kilowatt or 80 kilowatt, 200 kilowatt. Now they even try to do much, much more than that. That's the definition between amp volt, because if you draw too much amp for low voltage, then the connector size is too big. Then plugging it in literally needs a lot of force to plug in and unplug because the connectors are based on how much force is required to unplug. And remember, we are in California. I don't have any cold. I don't have any frost. If you add that to it, you can see the complications. Okay? And if you have a huge glove on, you can see it becomes more complicated. That's why whenever we need more power, we bring up the voltage and we bring up the current and the size of the conductor, size of the wire or the connectors doesn't increase as much. Otherwise, the weight is too much. Next up, charging station. Well, that's a bit of a no-brainer. It's where you charge your electric car. Could be a level two, could be a DC fast charger. Every charging station is going to have an EVSE. Remember what that was? Electric vehicle supply equipment. We'll be taking a deep dive into the different types of EVSEs and how they're used in upcoming episodes. Next up, connector. Boy, we could spend a whole show talking about this. Yazaki, Chalamo, CCS, Tesla, Avcon, inductive, conductive. Thankfully, the war on connectivity has finally settled down. We appear to be speaking an international common language when it comes to level one and level two charging. J1772. Yay! What about fast chargers? Well, we got Tesla, we got Chalamo, we got CCS, we got Yazaki. Well, it's actually settled down a little bit there also in the fast chargers. Tesla, CCS and Yazaki. Tell us a little bit more about fast charge connectors, Doc. When we talk about connectors, remember, there's two items. One is the physical size, look, and shape of that connector. The second one is a standard associated with how you communicate to it. What language you talk, which pin you talk to, and what kind of signal you send. These are the two standards that makes a connector good for everybody. So we had Yazak. Then after that, it did not quite did the job. Then Europe went with a connector and then a communication protocol called Chatamo. Japan followed that. U.S. said, oh, I'm going to use the same physical standard, but I'm going to communicate differently with it. 
Then you have CCS1. That's what we do in US. We don't follow Chatamo, even though some of the vehicle imported, they communicate Chatamo and CCS1, but US is focusing on CCS1, which is a standard of communications. But we need to have a common standard for connector. For example, Tesla decided to have its own connector and not to go by a standard. Now, they're a commercial company. Maybe they did it for the reason to say, ha, I have my own network. I don't want other people to get into it. But if you want to have eventually a charging system that the charger owner is a separate business unit that can sell to any vehicles, then we have to have a standard. And that's really why we have the different standards for connectors. And then, believe it or not, the bottleneck is the connector. The bottleneck is a connector. The bottleneck is a connector. Because we went from 30 amp to 80 amp. Now we are pushing the connector to 300 amp. That means that connector is sophisticated. It's silver plated. And it's got a certain force on it and so on. So, so there has been substantial improvement, believe it or not, in the pure science of metallurgy to allow a connector to carry more current. Now, suddenly, it's feasible for us to have 50 kilowatt fast charger, 60 kilowatt fast charger, whereas 10 years ago, literally, we didn't have the connector for it. Next up, we're going to be talking about economic terms, utility rate, peak demand, off-peak, on-peak. Let's start with the utility rate. This is how much you pay for things like electricity, water, and gas. You know, it's illegal for a non-utility to sell electricity. So instead, you're buying time at a charging station, not KWH. However, if you're at home, you're buying electricity. Complicated? Well, it is. Peak demand. Now, on a previous show, we spoke about TOU. You know what happens when everybody makes a cup of tea at the same time and the utility plant goes, whoa, wait a minute, what just happened? The hours of day when most people are using electricity, peak demand. Like with all goods and services, utilities are more expensive when there's a higher demand for them. So if everyone in your city gets home at 6 p.m. and starts cooking dinner, doing laundry and watching TV, they're using more electricity at once. That's why it's so expensive. The utility plant has to be ready for this massive rush of power when we need it. And they're going to charge us for that. Off-peak hours. These are the hours of the day when there's less demand for electricity. You know, when everyone's in bed. Most utility companies offer a reduced KWH electricity rate for off-peak hours. You know, you could do your laundry at night. I'm a big advocate, actually, for level two chargers that you can actually plug your car in when you get home from work. You wake up on the morning and it's fully charged. And you've done that by cheaper electricity. Off-peak hours. Peak shaving. This is when you manage your electric use and supply in advance of an anticipated higher demand. You know, we just mentioned peak demand is when the utility has to be on standby, ready for that massive inrush. Well, there's a lot of sophisticated technology around now for peak demand and peak shaving devices. An example of this would be if you had four electric cars show up at a super fast charging station and they all plug in at the same time and they all want this massive amount of power. 
all of a sudden the utility rate for that goes into peak demand. So what if we could control those four vehicles so that we can monitor how much power each one is being used, give them exactly what they need, but avoid that demand charge? Even in residential, it's pretty cool. So let's talk about fleets. This refers to a group of electric vehicles owned or operated by a business organization or a government. These can be service delivery vehicles, police cars, trash trucks, even school buses. You know what? Stay tuned for the next episode. We'll be digging into this in a very on-theme way. I predict very near future, if you look around, you'll be seeing your Amazon delivery in an electric vehicle. Pure electric, not a rock and roll genre either. It just refers to vehicles that are solely rely on electric and batteries, as opposed to near beer, you know, hybrids, fuel cells, or the internal combustion engine. Pure electric. Range. Well, we all know what range is. Back in the day when electric vehicles did about 50 miles between charges, there was range anxiety. I don't think we have that now. The cars do a lot more than between 250 and 300 miles between charges. And the distance between charging stations is being drastically reduced every week. More charging stations going in month by month. Range anxiety, think of the past. Here's a good one for you. Frunk. As in, play that frunky music. Actually not. Frunks are where the bonnets used to be. And if you used to own a VW Bug, you were one of the first to have a frunk. You'll be seeing a lot more of frunks in the future with their EVs. I wonder if in England they're called fronnets. Hmm. Regenerative braking. This is pretty cool. What if you put your foot on the brake of your electric car and you actually charge the batteries? Doc, tell us a little bit more. I'm glad you brought that up because the reason electric motor is more efficient than a combustion engine has to do a lot with its efficiency and with ability to recover energy. Let me give you an example. Imagine you have a Mustang, three-liter engine, exact same Mustang, Exact same door, exact same seats, but a five-liter. The five-liter one is less efficient fuel economy than the three-liters, number one. Number two, you have an element, people don't know that, and this is true for passenger vehicle as it is for commercial vehicle, I mean buses and trucks. More than half of our energy is wasted in traffic because when you are stopped, the engine is running. It's not as smart as our cell phone. But when you go electric, you decouple traffic from good use. So when I'm idle, I don't waste any energy. When I accelerate, I pull energy from battery. When I decelerate, it doesn't have to be hill. Just simple deceleration. I can make the motor act as a generator. So therefore, electric vehicle, fuel economy, and efficiency is not as tight to traffic as a regular engine. That is the biggest element. That's where the efficiency comes from. That's why when you go electric attraction, electric powertrain, you use much less energy because you don't have idle waste and you recover 
some of that energy that you put into the momentum of moving that mass. And that is a big, big fundamental science why electric vehicles are more efficient because of the electric traction motors technology and efficiency that is pretty much very high. It doesn't matter what power you draw. Whereas a regular engines, people don't know that. You're a racer. You know that. A regular combustion engine is most efficient when it's fully floored. I should not tell that to my wife. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so when you are just light load, it's very inefficient. So going back to your comment, that's done with the intelligence of the traction motor. Traction motors can act as a generator by the way you control it. It's very, very, very simple. And this happens 10,000 times, 20,000 times each second. There's a new command going into that traction motors. People don't know that. Electric motors is like a robot arm that can handle three ton, four ton. It is that precise. Controlling positive torque means accelerating. Controlling negative torque means decelerating slowly or harder. And guess what? Each manufacturer is programmed that. When you buy a Model S, because they expect you to get used to fast acceleration, they automatically assume you know the fast deceleration. But when you buy a Lexus, they don't do that. They let you coast down a little bit because it's sort of a luxury setting. People are not used to that feel of rush of the Gs or acceleration, I should say, for our audience. So it is very important to understand that because our traffic is not getting any better. And we know that traffic impacts the emission. That's why electric vehicle or hybrid is a must. It will eventually take over and become the mainstream for that reason alone. All right? Supercharger. Okay, we hear level three. We hear DC fast chargers. What's a supercharger, Doc? The supercharger is basically a scale of the person who's talking about it. To some people, supercharger is charges 50 kilowatt. For some people, supercharger is one megawatt or two megawatt. So the whole story is depending on what the language they use. But at our house, I had to go upgrade the power line coming in from 100 amp to 200 amp. So that's the maximum current I can draw. If I were to put a supercharger that is 80 kilowatts, 60 kilowatt, then what happened is I have to go and put a new feeder. And guess what? That feeder is connected to a pole that connects to the substation. Now, if substation doesn't have the power, now I got to upgrade the substation. Okay? So you can see the problem becomes cascaded. And the way that infrastructure work, all the power line in my street, I live in Rolling Hills, was designed based on the load we had back in 1970, 1980. So now I have to dig out all that and change it. And it's not just in my house. It could actually impact the whole power line from my house to the transformer and from that transformer to the main substation. That infrastructure cost is substantial. That's why in a regular residential unit, if you were to put a fast charger, it's gonna cost you a lot. Now, some people can do that. 
because they just happened to be in a new development area, power was available, or guess what? They added solar, because if you add solar, that can give you the supercharger. Well, we have come to the end of our ABCs of EVs. We want to thank our resident scientist, Dr. Abbas, the doc. You'll be seeing a lot more of him in future episodes. Today's episode is powered by 365 Pronto. If you've enjoyed today's show and conversation, you can subscribe and leave us a rating wherever you get the podcast. This helps us get EV chat into the ears of other EV lovers. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, contact me, Rue, at 365pronto.com. That's R-U-E at 365pronto.com. Visit the show notes for more information and links to today's chat. This is Rue Phillips signing off. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of EV Chat. Ciao.